Have you ever wondered where you really stand with God? Are you overcome with feelings of guilt because of things you've done wrong? Are you tired of religion that focuses on rules that you can't keep? Have we got good news for you? It's time to listen in on some casual conversation with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski and discover what true freedom is all about. This is Growing in Grace. Hey, Mike Kapler here with Joel Brzezinski. Glad to have you with us. Jump along for the ride of Growing in Grace podcast located at growingingrace.org. How are you, Mr. Joel? Doing well, and that's on the internet these days, growingingrace.org. You can find that on the internet. (laughs) Where was it before that? (laughs) I don't know, Uh, but we just found it a few years ago. So everybody can go to growingingrace.org. All of our past podcasts are on there. See, they used to be on 8-track tape, and uh, now they are on Oh, yeah, during the old covenant. (laughs) That's right. But it's now been made obsolete, so we've had to go with this new thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I I, I don't... I'd I'd really I wish we still had eight tracks and you know uh, telephones without dials or buttons and, and you're uh, outdated things totally, you know they, they would just make life so much more difficult uh, horse and buggy <laughs> instead of cars yeah that's or at least the very least we could do is mix some of that into today's technology you know listen to an MP3. You know, try to stick it into a, a, an eight-track tape player or something, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or grab yes. your grab your push-button telephone and uh, try to dial it. Try to turn it. Yeah, <laughs> makes yeah, it, it would make or, a mess of things, but you know, we could possibly take the engine out of the cars. They would weigh less, and <laughs> just have the horse pull, horse pull the car. Because I mean, there's some pretty cool things in the cars that we drive today. Just, I mean, the, the comfort and certain luxuries that are in there. Just have the horse pull us around. There you go. You know, we get it all worked be like out. A hi- be like a hybrid car. <laughs> yeah. Instead of a horse and buggy, it'd be a horse mobile <laughs> with an eight-track MP3 player. And if you think we're just rambling here, if you're a longtime listener, you probably know exactly what we're talking about. But some of these examples we're giving which was all quite random, by the way, as is most of the stuff we talk about. Uh, it's, it's related to an old covenant from the scripture that uh, God had given to Israel versus a new covenant that came through Jesus Christ. And so we're going to talk more about that because, and I know if you've been listening to Growing in Grace for a while, you, you hear us talk about this quite a bit, but I was telling Joel earlier, you know what, some of this stuff, I am so fascinated with it because I, even I, in my own personal time, keep connecting these dots in the in the scripture and, and a revelation that comes from that. Joel, it's it's like drilling for oil. You you can keep drilling in the same place in the in the Bible, in the Word of God, and 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 stuff still keeps gushing up out of there for us to to benefit from. Yep. It just keeps on coming and it's uh it's beautiful. You know, the Word of God really is alive and I know that people can read through the Bible and um it mean nothing to them. But if you're spiritually minded, you know, the Holy Spirit, we've been made partakers of the divine nature, and we're one spirit with him. And so he does enable us. And and not just us. I'm not just talking about me and Mike Kepler. I'm talking about anybody who knows Christ. God can speak to them through the word and, and always bring these things out. And so we're here to kind of talk about uh, the, some of the things that we've been seeing lately. I don't know. Let's uh, probably should jump right in. I don't know if Second Corinthians 3 is a good place to start. 
what do you think? Um, let's see. Well, Paul is writing, and he says, he's talking about the confidence that they have in Christ. Second Corinthians 3, let's start around 5. Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to claim anything is coming from us, but our sufficiency is from God, who has made us sufficient to be ministers of a new covenant. Not of the letter, and he's talking about the law there, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And he goes on to call it uh, the law, the ministry of death, carved in letters on a stone, and, and the ministry of condemnation. He said it came with glory, such glory that the Israelites couldn't even look at Moses' face because of the glory. So that old covenant, you know, when we used to have those eight-track tape players, we could jam out in our old uh, Dodge Dart or whatever and just <laughs> jam out to the music, and it was awesome, had glory, but then CDs came along, computers came along, MP3 players came along. Pretty soon, that old stuff that had glory was made obsolete, and uh, the glory was passing and, and actually came to an end. And that's what it goes on to say here, uh, Cap, in Second Corinthians 3. Yes, and, and now we'll, pretty soon we'll be uh, reaching technology where you can just download things straight into your mind, straight into your heart. <laughs> and that's kind of what God yes. did here. Yes. Because before he started, well, really, he, he started talking about the tablets of stone as you were reading in the third verse of the third chapter of 2 Corinthians 3. So we have 2 Corinthians 3, 3. You are a letter from Christ delivered by us, written not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but tablets of the human heart. He goes on to say, the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Most of us don't, we read through these passages sometimes so quickly, we don't absorb what's being said, or we don't connect with what's being said around it. The letter, when we say the letter kills, what does he mean by the letter kills? He's talking about the law that was written on not only tablets of stone, but it was also in some, much of most of it was written with ink, uh, you know, like on paper. But there were, as we know, the commandments that were written in stone, 10 of them, right? Tablets of the covenant. The letter kills, the spirit gives life. Now, he goes on to say, if the ministry of death carved in letters on stone came with such glory that the Israelites could not gaze at Moses' face because of its glory, which was brought to an end, it was brought to an end, will not the ministry of the Spirit have even more glory? For if there was glory in the ministry of condemnation, the commandments written on stone being referred to as condemnation, the ministry of righteousness must far exceed it in glory. So he goes on, Joel, and the point here is, uh, in this case, what once had glory the Old Covenant, the commandments written on stone, they once had glory. They have come to have no glory at all. Because why? Because of the glory that surpasses it. For if what had been was being brought to an end came with glory, much more will what is permanent have glory. So, Joel, the Old Covenant, and, and specifically here, the commandments written on stone were brought to an end. The Old Covenant had to completely be shut down, but it was replaced with something new and better. The Covenant, and what, what was that replacement? The Covenant of Jesus Christ. He became the replacement. We now have the ministry of the Holy Spirit. This took the place of the Old. So we're not just 
proclaiming or waving a lawless, a lawlessness banner here. We're saying that that old, that increased sin brought condemnation and death and could not provide us with righteousness came to an end and was replaced with something new and better established upon better promises. Yeah, and it was established on better promises. And uh, we may have time to get into that uh, this week or not. But, uh, you know, we're talking about the, how the old covenant had glory. And here was Paul, who was a Pharisee under the old covenant. He lived and breathed the old covenant life. He was the epitome of somebody who lived the old covenant. And what he came to find out after he had come to Christ, I think, um, you know, well, Paul wrote this in Romans 7. He says, and the commandment, which was to bring life. So Paul thought that being under the old covenant and being under those commandments, he thought that was supposed to be life. That's where life was found. But he says, I found to bring death. It had glory. And man was their glory under that old covenant, the ministry of condemnation and the ministry of death. But that glory and that covenant came to an end because, for, for one thing, out of many reasons, it did not bring life. It only brought death. And like you, uh, you said something about how it increased sin. Paul goes on to say in Romans 7, uh, Romans 7, 11, for sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me and by it killed me. That's what happened to Paul under the law. He thought that it would bring life, but it only brought death. And there you have it. And so we have people who think, well, some of the old was done away with, but uh, some of it was carried over in, into Christianity on, in, in this new covenant. Some of, these, some of these are now applied as Christian laws. Well, th there is such a thing as, as laws under the new covenant, but they are different than the laws of the old or the, the, the laws found within the law package, you see, because under the old, God said that nothing shall be added to it, the law, and nothing shall be taken away from it. It was a package. We've talked about this before, but it's important for us to grasp this, you see, because we, we can't we can't break it up. That's why it had to end. We also must understand that the reason the law was given was not to help people manage their sin better. It wasn't to reduce sin. The law actually caused sin to increase. And th these are the kinds of things we need to begin to understand so that we can realize why the old was given, number one, why it had to come to an end, and what it was replaced with that was new and different. Uh, God said in Hebrews chapter 8 that this new covenant would not be like the first covenant that was given out there with Moses and that whole gang. It's an entirely different thing. And so the, the laws, the so-called laws that are now written on our hearts are, are not thou shall not. And mm -hmm. it's not all the Sabbath laws or the dietary laws and all the other things that Israel was bound to try to keep, which they could not, um, that, that that wouldn't work. Those aren't the laws written on our hearts. If they are, we would be abiding by all of those 613 laws. But right. we're not, because it's different. It's a different covenant. Right. And uh, we're not supposed to bring that old covenant mindset and those old covenant laws into our life in Christ. Like we were joking around earlier about having the, 
the horse pulling the car instead of the engine or having the uh, MP3s played in the eight track tape player. They don't mix. The one was supposed to end. You know, that's really the point of what we're saying today. It was supposed to end. God made a promise to Abraham 430 years before the law. And Galatians, Paul in Galatians brings out how that prom or you know, the, the the law cannot annul the promise that was made beforehand. It was always meant to be by the promise, by what God had promised. It was always going to be by grace through faith, never by law. The law came, it had a purpose. The old covenant had a purpose, it had glory, but it had to come to an end. Not not just it had to say, well, let's uh, let's bring in the new and uh, let's try to apply the old covenant now because that's the way we're supposed to relate to each other and to God through these commandments. And so let's bring those into the new covenant. No, God didn't say that. He said it had to come to an end. The book of Hebrews says it was made obsolete. The verse that we're talking about here from Second Corinthians says it came to an end. It had to come to an end to bring in the new and so now we know that there is a new covenant. It's different than the old covenant. So what changed? Let's talk about that next week. What changed? Did God change with this new covenant? Or did something else change? All of that next week, right here on Growing in Grace. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. To access hundreds of past programs, visit graceroots.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.